three, two, one. God save the king. This is Sardonicast, and since the last time we recorded, there was a different monarch and a different prime minister, I think. Because we, it was a while True. since we recorded. It was last. the same week. Oh, you're bringing it all back up. You're yeah. making me upset. I just played <laughs> trombone champ, and they, I guess, last minute changed the lyrics to uh, "God Save the King" in that song. <laughs> I thought that was pretty amusing. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, it's a new game. Uh, this is Sardonicast. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Hello. I'm Ralph from Italy, which just elected a fascist. Oh yeah. Brutto. <laughs> 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 Man, yeah, and I'm uh I'm Alex Maichi. Okay. Uh, yeah, now now I'm upset and I'm sad. What what you bring yeah. up these delicate memories. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty funny. It's Two, so yeah, if we count Italy (laughs) as your country, you got far right, uh, female prime minister or president? What does Italy have? President? Yeah, prime minister, minister. but at least it's a woman. That's the first woman. And then we also got Liz Truss for prime minister of United Kingdom. Pamela Thatcher, we call her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also fascist, right? (laughs) And then I've still got, uh, I've still got Mr. Blackface, which is fun. (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> what, a, what a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, we've got the best people representing us. And then, Alex, you yeah. still have a monarchy for some reason. Yeah, it is weird getting used <laughs> to saying that we have a king now. It's, that makes it sound even more <laughs> like out of date. Yeah. Uh, but it was yeah. crazy. I, it, as far as how it affected like my movie-going experience, uh, I went to see Bodies, 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 and... I think it was like the day after it happened or something that it happened being the queen dying and like the the ads played as normal and the movie was about to start. Oh no. And then a portrait of the queen flashes on the screen um, <laughs> just in complete silence. She's haunting you. It's like a, yeah, but it was like oh. such a, str- I don't think anyone in the audience was expecting it. it like, <laughs> That's when you clap. You know, you're like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, so it's complete silence, a couple of sniggers. People were like, they were like waiting for their, their like horror movie, you know, bodies, bodies, bodies. It's like nothing to do. It's like completely detached. So it was like a really weird like moment for me. That's very funny. Kind of came home as like how bizarre this, this, this is. Like, what do, you, what do you want me to do in response to seeing this? It's, it's really quite, yeah, quite strange. Yeah. All of this happened when I was at TIFF. And my parents had the uh, television on because I do TIFF with my parents because they live in a different province. We like to do that together every year. And they have the television mm-hmm. on as like background noise or whatever, like in between movies while we're like grabbing a bite at the Airbnb or whatever. And it was just non-fucking-stop. Like the entire like rest of the time that we were in Toronto for like weeks, or it felt like we were there for like another week and a half after she died. And it was just like non-stop like... What are we going to do? And it's like, this is Canada. Like, I guess, yeah, technically, <laughs> we're a part of the monarchy. But it's like, what's mm-hmm. what's really the issue here? Like, wh- what are we going to do? The queen's dead. It's like, oh, no, she was responsible for so much. The society's going <laughs> to yeah. collapse. Isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's part of the design of the monarchy. Such a tragedy to die at like 90-something years old, having 96, like all yeah. that wealth. 
in, in your life just going to parties on other people's taxpayer money oh what a tragedy you died at like the <laughs> the oldest you a human could possibly hope to live for wow so it's <laughs> such a tragedy yeah a peaceful privileged death yeah it was a, it was a weird one yeah i always forget about like how how many royalists there are out there it's crazy. I'm not, I'm not really included in it, but man, people they they're really attached to these ideas. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> it's really it, it really just goes to show how much tradition and norms and taboo and societal expectation plays a role in people's lives. Like as individuals, we don't think that that's the case. As individuals, we all have our own minds, but then you look at human beings as like numbers and statistics. It's like, holy shit, there's a lot of you. Like, I may, maybe I just don't interact with you on a daily basis because you yeah. can choose who you interact with. But like, holy shit, normie world, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, can't believe normie it. Normie world. Yeah, no, because now and again, we'll see like polls of people who support you know, the royal family, and it's, it's still pretty split down the middle. It's not as great. Like, it depends on age groups, but like, yeah, I Broadly, bet. there's still an overwhelming amount of support for the concept, which is kind of mental to me. Normie world. So is your country just shutting <laughs> down or what? Is it ever going to recover? Um, well, I was always told or read that you got like five days off when the queen dies, but it turned into um, just the uh, the day of the funeral was a bank holiday. So, uh, Oh, was that like a promise? And... Like, was that a thing that you're supposed to get? Or was that just a rumor? Or like, well, you know? I don't know. I uh, around because it was also her jubilee, like earlier in the year, and I read some article that was like, in case of the the queen's death, that he, here's like a compilation of things that are supposed to happen or things that might happen. Because of course, it's been it's been so long since <laughs> a royal family member, like a uh, yeah, at the top has died. So like the the protocol might have changed since then. But yeah, only wound up being one day off as opposed to the the week I was promised. So. She ruled from Winston Churchill to Liz Truss. Yeah, wow. she's seen some crazy, or she'd seen some, some yeah, the degradation over time. Yeah. Of, uh, she yeah. didn't do much, yeah. but we really needed her. Clearly. Normie World sounds like a, like a theme park that should open. Sounds like Clark Griswold should like be going there. Yeah. That's, that's all I had to add. <laughs> yeah. David Lynch's Dumb Land. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I don't know what, if I even should. Dumb land. Yeah. That's, we, that's the world the is different, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not. Everything's changing, but it's the same, I guess. Nothing changes. It's the same shit. <laughs> well, we all saw bodies, bodies, bodies. Might as well talk about it since Alex mentioned it. Bodies times three. I like saying that. Yeah. Like my friend said that. I'm like, oh, that's good. Bodies so you don't have to say three. bodies three times. Yeah. Yeah. Bodies cubed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> oh, no, technically that would be like nine bodies then. No, it's like, yeah. Bodies times three. That's like the best way to say it. Bodies, bodies times triple, three. Yeah. yeah. Triple X. Triple, triple bodies. Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was good. I saw it. Like before it came out in like a park setting, it was like an early showing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll go. What do you mean my by friends park setting? 
It's like mm. in a park. Like yeah. literally, they they hung up like a screen in the nice. park. It was like an inflatable oh. screen, and uh, they they showed the movie, and the cast was there. Oh, cool. Rachel Rachel Smollett. Senate. What's her voice? Senate. Senate. <laughs> Smollett. <laughs> yeah, Smollett. she was there. She, you know, and she acts like you know, how she always is. She's like, wow, enjoy the movie, everybody. Get horny. Woo! I'm like, That's wow, awesome. okay. <laughs> she was really funny in, um, uh, oh, shit, what's the fucking movie called? I'm going to have to look it up. Shiva the baby. one. Shiva Baby. Yeah, Thank Shiva you. Shiva Baby. Yeah, she was really funny in that, and she was funny yeah. in this too. I thought she was like the one of the best parts. She was so yeah, really yeah. funny. She was my favorite character, yeah. channeling that kind of zoomer energy. Yeah, yeah, she was the best line with the um, was the body dysmorphia line. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that that's the one. Like the whole park audience like responded to really well. Like they they laughed at that. It's like a huge crowd there. Um, yeah, I thought the movie was good. Yeah, it me was too. Solid. Yeah, some people didn't like I it. Enjoyed it, and I'm not. Maybe sure. they don't like the ending, but the ending makes sense. Yeah, without so. spoiling anything, uh, the ending. <clears throat> I thought the ending was pretty good, and I, I can see how some yeah. people might have seen it coming, but I my mind wasn't there, and so I was able to experience it naturally. And either way, it was it's funny. It's yeah, it's a good ending. Yeah, it is horror comedy because like a, some of the complaints I was For seeing, sure. it was like it's just. It's an it's an expected kind of horror movie with your your teens trapped in a house sort of thing, but it I thought it did kind of everything in its power to avoid a lot of the kind of stereotypical horror cliches that would normally bog something like this down. Like I was guessing the whole time, you know, like it kept it kept me guessing and was going in unpredictable directions, and the comedy was like buttressing any time I was like not really into the what else was going on. And it's just so short yeah. too. It just moves so quick. True. Hour 34 minutes. I thought that it was pretty... I, I, I thought that the cliches and tropes were there, but it had better excuses than other films that use those same cliches and tropes. So, yeah, you know, like the car won't start thing, like I like that it was the vanity mirror that did it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it adds to the character. Yeah, it's believable. Um, it's not just like... I don't know. There's so many other movies where it's just like, oh, they don't justify it or it's for a stupid reason. Like someone played a prank or like, I I don't know, like creating believable situations makes it better. Even if the movie as a whole, you're not supposed to believe like the entire narrative and there's tons about it that, you know, seems silly as it is a comedy. Mm -hmm. I thought that in general, it was like really smart writing. Honestly, the characters were believable for the most part. Um, yeah, it was pretty well, good at capturing Gen Z. On, but yeah, yeah, the hurricane yeah, is the excuse yeah. they don't leave the house. It's why they don't have cell phones, and phone. Yeah, because yeah. that's like a big thing in horror movies now. It's like why don't you just call the police? That's why any movie like after nineteen, like a certain date, like doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, yeah. Just, just call the yeah. police. But not only is there a hurricane, they're like intentionally going exactly, there exactly. Like a it's, hur- like a hurricane it's like a hurricane party. party. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. we're gonna cut ourselves off from it's the so you know, goofy. They're so stupid. Yeah. Well, because they're dumbasses. All the- <laughs> well, it's like, I think the idea is like, oh, the hurricane's going to happen. Let's all hunker down and have a party anyway. And then, yeah, everybody is just high and drunk and coked out of yeah. their mind the whole movie. And it's really fun. <laughs> they're just like yelling at each other. In a mansion, yeah. Because they're <laughs> like rich kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I liked about the ending, without spoiling it, is it is, <laughs> it is the nice full stop that just kind of brings the 
all the characters kind of wind up in a pretty ugly place. And I think the, <laughs> the reveal at the end kind of just, I don't know, hammers home and just adds the kind of <laughs> pointlessness to the conflict mm-hmm. um, and where it goes, like in a, in a funny comedic way. Cause so, yeah, the, the genuine nature of how they kind of all perform like that can be such a pitfall when you're trying to write like characters of this age that are like always on their phones. They're like quoting like cringy stuff off Twitter or whatever. But it it, yeah. it, it, it works. Seems they it seems self aware. They they feel like real characters. Like very much. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's making fun of that generation. It's like a huge like, but it's also made for like that audience, which is like yeah. perfect. It rides that line just perfectly. I'm glad that it captured it somewhat authentically. It didn't yeah. feel like. It didn't feel like Michael Goy, Megan is missing, or you know, like it didn't feel, <laughs> it didn't feel like people who yeah. are just like so detached <laughs> yeah. from things that they have no idea what they're talking about. It's like okay, you actually no. care about the subject matter, and you're using it comedically, and and it's it's there, but you have like some of a grasp on it, at least, uh-huh. right? Well, yeah, like the the audience I was there with are basically like around the demo of the movie, like middle of Brooklyn, like a bunch of like you know pretentious <laughs> gen z whatever zoomers people it's yeah, like yeah. okay it's, it's like exactly who it's made for <laughs> it's like yeah and it's like making fun of the it's making fun of you but at the same time it's like yeah it's like okay these are just characters in the movie this is how they act and yeah that's what makes it like kind of believable like the whole situation they're not, they're not just like movie characters and yeah, like so many movies, like why is why yeah. is this person doing this? Like Prometheus, like why why are the scientists like you know why is the guy who made the map like? Oh yeah, those are professionals. Or <laughs> yeah, whereas these characters <laughs> like, are all idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. The, these are yeah, they're all idiots and they're high, right? And they're drunk. It's funny. And it's like yeah. the middle of the night. They're not thinking clearly. Yeah, it's funny, but it's also like it makes yeah. sense why all these things. Yeah, happen. when when they do something stupid, it's not like yeah. Oh, why aren't why aren't you doing this other thing? It's like, oh, they're so f- stupid. <laughs> like, it's it's part mm. of the joke. It's part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, they are they're just dumb. Poor decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you you care about what's happening at the same time. Like, it's not like a thing where I don't know. You like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. Like, you do actually like. Like, there were certain characters I liked. I liked the girl from. I think she's in Borat too. That was the only other thing. Oh, I've seen I didn't her know in. that was her. She's like one of the. That's lesbian. crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was the girl from uh, Evan Hansen. Um, yeah, you right. know, she, she Maria was yeah, like her girlfriend. Bakalova. Yeah, I didn't even twig that. Yeah, I thought I thought she was the killer the whole time. Like, oh man, is it? <laughs> but you know, it's like it goes a different direction. Crazy, she was nominated for an Oscar for Borat too. But whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. Um, I really like uh, <laughs> I really like the boyfriend character of the the girl from Shiva Baby. Like, I like that the GI Joe. Oh guy. yeah, oh, the Lee, I, Lee I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really awesome. like that character. That was great. Yeah. It was it was a great yeah. addition, and I loved the casting of it. Just like this clearly older guy hanging out with <laughs> these younger people <laughs> it was, yeah it's a really fun dynamic it's her boyfriend she met on like tinder or something yeah yeah that was awesome yeah. um yeah. i am one of those people that i guess cares so little about like random celebrity gossip nonsense that i had not actually i i didn't even know that that was pete davidson in the film until after. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know what Pete Davidson looked like. You didn't recognize him? No, I know he'd oh, been in okay. like one other movie yeah, that I, I hadn't seen. Him. He was in the... the... King of Staten Island or something. 
I don't like that movie very much. This, yeah. is, this was much better for him. Again, he's playing a dumbass, and um, yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, good he worked it. well for this movie. I had no expectations some funny lines of who he it. was before watching the movie. Yeah, nice. It's the best thing I've seen him in, definitely. I think a bunch of Kanye fans don't like him. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I don't you know. Kanye's oh, because he's with Kim Kardashian. Because Kanye is body. mentally unstable, and he encourages yeah. people to act irrationally. Like any good artist. Yeah. <laughs> like any good maniac. Yeah. Uh, I liked him in the movie. I, I liked everybody. I thought like yeah. the cast was like stellar. Great cast, well, the great girl from uh, industry. Yeah, the cast was awesome for it. Yeah. I think that it also looked really great. I think that like the lighting yeah. and mm-hmm. just overall Sl- like color their, of the uh, film cameras, all of those or their phone uh, lights, right? Yeah. Those glow sticks they're wearing and Yeah, it's largely a bottle movie, isn't it? Like most of it yeah. is in the mansion, so it's reusing yeah. a lot of like same locations it's, and, yeah. yeah. A fun, tight, simple movie that doesn't take itself way too seriously and is a lot smarter than films that do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see uh, how it's yeah. not for everybody, but some people might get annoyed at certain things in it, but older people, I bet older people will. Yeah. Although I think older people will like it. People who like the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. But also to like that <laughs> point, like I think older people would like it because it's like, all right, you hate the younger generation, right? You get to see them all kill each other. Like I thought, I think that old people would like it in that way, right? Like, oh, yeah, I maybe. get to see all these idiots kill each. Yeah. Like that's well, great. Yeah, it's still like a, a whodunit kind of structure. That that yeah. kept me going too throughout the whole thing, like trying to figure out who it was and. Oh yeah, well, that's like the driving force of it. Yeah, like yeah, you are in like the whole time you're wondering like who is it? It doesn't really feel like you're like oh is it this character? You're like you're not sure the entire time. It does keep that unpredictability. Like I didn't really see the ending coming. Like that's not something I. I, I was in that framework of like Scream. Like I guess the most thing I'd compare it to is Scream, and like the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like who who's the killer? Who's the killer? That's like what you're thinking the whole time. You're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was waiting for it to kind of devolve more into like a traditional kind of slasher. Like, okay, we know what the what or who the bad is now. Now it's kind of a montage of just people being taken out one by one. Uh, more like a uh, what's it called? X. That's like another twenty four yeah. kind of. Which is horror. granted, that's supposed to be like kind of cliche. Yeah, that's like the to point of that. But yeah, this is like a little more grounded. Yeah, I just like um, the direction it took it. And the comedy yeah. angle definitely helps it. Like we're, we're at a point now with horror where we really are. <laughs> you have to get creative with a look. Like it is just it's cliche on cliche, like stacked on top of each other. And there's so many different pitfalls. And yeah, just for the the creative angle they take for it to be unpredictable, for the humor to not feel trite and actually land, and you know the drunken high acting to be as good and sell as well as it does. I was yeah, I was quite impressed. I like the soundtrack too. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big fan of um, Disaster Piece. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they did that. Oh, they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's great. Cool I like to the score working. for it. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, yeah, not too much else to say about this movie. It's pretty simple. It's not. Uh, it's not too complicated. It's it's a nice, uh, nice simple movie that. Uh, I guess we would all recommend. We all seem to enjoy it. I'm giving this one a 7 out of 10. We'll see how it is on a second watch. But 
I give it a seven as well. Out of five? <laughs> yeah, out of t- seven out of ten, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, like a, a kind of high seven out of ten, three and a half mm-hmm. star. Yeah. We got trip sevens, everybody. We got a jackpot. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> All right. Um, we've got, uh, I guess, like a tiny thing of movie news we can mention. Uh, the Northman yeah. was profitable. So essentially we're correcting uh-huh. or I guess updating to what we were talking about uh, on a different episode. We were saying that how the Northman was kind of a flop and didn't make its money back. Now, apparently, uh, it was profitable due to uh, home video sales, possibly also physical media sales. I was actually shocked that it had mm-hmm. a 4K physical blu-ray based on you yeah. know theatrically they were like oh nobody bought it so you'd almost I expect for them not to do it yeah i got the 4k blu-ray too um yeah so i'm happy for it it deserved it and yeah. history will be kind to the film <laughs> hopefully yeah it was a success ultimately True, yeah. hopefully this yeah. means eggers can continue getting proper funding for his films although even if the northman yeah. was a flop i think he would probably still find funding even if he's he's not really looking to do anything that big again anyway is what he was saying so yeah like maybe not but maybe this maybe this changed things you know because at first people were like it bombed and it, it isn't a bomb really and i think it also just says something about like the landscape of film how it's very different now like a lot of people watch things at home and you know it's not just about the theatrical ticket sales it's about vod and all these other things streaming like uh you know the the great film morbius <laughs> found a home on netflix <laughs> maybe more people are yeah, watching it like there really now successful on the it's number one which you know i don't know how true that is yeah after it found a home on twitch yeah true. after it found a home and <laughs> in, in the dumpster yeah that's what i guess that's where i get lost is because it's like a month or two ago there was this um clip of Matt Damon, like in some, I think it was like a Hot Ones interview or something, where he was like talking about how the move to like streaming and movies um, and like murdering the secondhand kind of, well, the DVD market is like affecting the way films are being greenlit and released because there's not that kind of second wave of dependable cash that can come in in the same way. Yeah, I've seen that too. Streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess this kind of goes against that in some ways. If you know, if the Northman can do it, maybe it's, yeah. it's just a small niche of films that are able to make some of their cash back if they're that good enough or fulfill that kind of... What if the Northman was immediately successful if it had only been on digital platforms and not theatrical? What if the reason it wasn't successful is because it was theatrical? It's a very big cost. <laughs> I mean, no, it's possible. Well, I don't know about that. You never know. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it was, it's weird now we're like a yeah. post the 2020 kind of era where it's basically what we were seeing. Like films were coming out day and day almost. The new Knives Out is just Netflix, right? Yeah. As far as I know. No, I think yeah. you're right. And, you know, I saw it. You know, movies will... Yeah, yeah, you saw the TIFF. Movies will... They, you know, I saw like a theater release. It might be limited. It just depends on the movie, really. Like there's movies like horror movies see that do well in a theater. People like the crowd. 
setting. Yeah, I saw Barbarian. True. The crowd was going fucking nuts during it. Like, they loved it, you know. But, like, that's the kind of movie you want to watch with the crowd. It just depends on the movie. Or, like, Top Gun. Um, you know, that did, that did, like, astronomically well. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think you could have something like that on VOD. I mean, maybe you can, but I don't know. I saw someone watching it on the plane, but you're right. It's <laughs> yeah, a better theater movie. Yeah. <laughs> That must be an immersive experience. Yeah, watching, watching on it plane, on a plane. You're flying like like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, you're flying like Tom Cruise. You're like we watch the yeah. 9/11 movie on um, a plane. <laughs> yeah, watch United 93. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think they have that. Av- they probably won't have that available. Well, yeah, watch it on your phone. Yeah, I guess I just don't. <laughs> I don't really get how they figure out or do the conversion. It's just like the different business models, isn't it? It's like if Morbius gets X many views on netflix or wherever they put it does that like make up like how does that make up the dollars if it's uh, a subscription yeah. service like it's but it's just a difficult way of measuring success especially when it's been such a like it's been one way for so long like you buy the dvd this amount goes as profit per sale but now it's like a completely different landscape but it's difficult yeah, to even how measure. You measure success i think there's two ways of measuring it one way would be new subscribers. So HBO Max logged that for um, certain title releases like Snyder Cut or whatever. They're like, okay, here's yeah. how many people signed up to our service to see it. Whereas Netflix, I think a lot of what they're paying attention to because they are the dominating streaming service, they're not going to see a lot of like huge waves of people signing up for a title. Um, yeah. But what they are going to see is just people... Um, watching a title and how long they watch a title. And with that information, they would decide like, okay, this means that people are still using the service. The more people, the more content people are watching, the more value our subscribers are getting out of the service, which is why they want everything to be like a huge long series so that it takes longer Mm -hmm. for people to watch it. You know, the more stuff that people have yet to watch, the more stuff that's still on their watch list the more it means like, oh, yeah. okay, well, they can't cancel right now because they still have things that they're watching. So I think that's basically how they mm-hmm. d- determine value. And then a certain mm-hmm. percentage of the subscriber uh, money goes towards the films with clicks. Although they might also just buy out outright films. I don't know if they get commission. I think they also do outright buys. Yeah. I think it's both. I think they just sell the movie to them. Like, the studio sells the movie to Netflix, and then, like, depending on how it does, they make a little extra. Yeah. I think it's something like that. They can, Ideally, like, predict yeah. in some way, like, how it would do. It would suck yeah. to, like, sell your movie to Netflix, and then it's, like, the biggest hit ever, and you don't see anything more because of it. So, mm. I would hope that the artists get commissioned. Yeah, but I think they can predict that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that works exactly, right? Yeah, I would hope that they get commissioned. Right. right. Um, yeah yeah i mean clearly a profitable way to release movies the whole like content bloat trend is unfortunate though like as a result of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) this switch to streaming like it's obviously going to affect the content yeah so many shows could be much shorter than they are or like can be just be movies i hear nothing but like things about the star wars shows that's like you know it's like why is this a show it's too long yeah they feel like stretched out movies it's bizarre yeah it's to keep you subscribed Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's to have it stay in the news cycle every week for two months yeah right do we need like a she-hulk series obviously can it just be a movie (laughs) 
Do we need to shoot like, all these things? Series. Like they don't need to be serious. That is one of the craziest yeah. like new uh, media things, you know. Like t- ten years ago, serious, it was like ah, oh, right. everything's a superhero movie. Now it's like oh, everything's a superhero television yeah. show. <laughs> but like the early two thousands, yeah. like there was kind of a stigma almost attached with TV or long form. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was seen as lesser than like a, yeah. like a movie, right. as a cream of the crop. Like that's right. where the budget goes. But now you have like billion dollar Lord of the Rings shows. It's it's crazy how it's spun. Yeah, I think Game uh-huh. of Thrones really. Uh, helped with that one yeah. yeah game of thrones like that new house of the dragon thing's like 20 million dollars an episode or something but like getting back wow. to your point alex like movie actors like if you were in a tv show that would yeah. be considered like the end of your career like oh so from now on you're a tv actor you're not a movie actor yeah. but now it's like an overlap like people actually want to do tv much more it's like much more of an overlap yeah that lord of the rings show that's fucking crazy. It's like $150 million an episode or something. It's like a billion dollar season. It's only eight episodes. I'm like, how can you possibly make your money back I on that? I think they spent... I'm I'm going to fact check this. I think that I was a bit confused on that too. I think they spent a billion dollars total combining the rights to make the series. And I think it's expected that it should be like four or five seasons. And I don't know how much of that money got allocated. I don't know if it's a billion dollars <laughs> for the first season. I would hope not. But I, I, I'll I, fact check that at some point. Yeah, maybe that's including marketing as well. I, I think it's a lot. They spent a lot of money. I was checking way. it. It, it seems like a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, there's no way you can see that money back like on a streaming platform. Like, are yeah, the amount of subscribers weird, you're getting worth it? Like, it's a most people have Prime for, you know, the shipping. Right? When they're talking about like season four or five, <laughs> you know, but, and like half of one yeah. season is out. It's like, just Matt, just chill. IGN says Rings of Power reportedly cost almost 60 million dollars per episode which is almost double okay, the price of Stranger Things season four episodes and quadruple the cost million. of episodes in game of thrones final season 60 yeah. million per episode yeah. that is a lot um what times eight eight episodes so that's i mean it probably it's probably more for some episodes honestly it's probably like a range i, I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if some right. of them are about 100 million mm. <laughs> yeah that's fucking crazy there's not that's... there's not even movies that cost that much yeah. really like i don't think yeah that's like it's almost that's a half a billion dollars basically yeah it's a lot it's, it's like a a, lot of avengers money. costs 250 million for what like you're not you're not gonna get that back <laughs> it's it's crazy. a lot of money for a streaming service that no one yeah. has because of the shows, but everyone has because yeah. they already have Amazon Prime. I don't know why they're spending, like, why even spend money on your content? People just have it because they already have Amazon Prime. No one's no one's yeah, getting Amazon Prime to see the new Rings of Power show. <laughs> right, I watched it because I already have it. I already have Prime, like, might as well yeah, watch maybe it. that's what they're trying I, to I don't know for. where the money went either. There's, there's no stars in it. It's not like big actors or anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, Game of Thrones looks equally as good, if not better. Um, Game of Thrones looks a yeah. bit better, uh-huh. <laughs> production value yeah. wise. Yeah, uh, we'll get more into uh, Dragon, I think looks detail about Rings of Power when the show's over. We'll discuss it. Um, yeah, it's only like half. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in a month or whatever. Um, I don't know if I want to watch any more of that. <laughs> I watch two. I'm like, that's that's enough for me. <laughs> I'm going through the whole thing with uh, 
with Gael, who is a Lord of the Rings nerd. So like every scene he gets to tell me like, oh, the distance between these two locations actually isn't accurately yeah. represented here. And on the map, it doesn't make sense that they would be over here. And this is actually the this thing mm. from the Cimmerillion. I'm like, oh, so I get to watch him like yeah. nerd out and die a little inside at the same time. It's great. Uh, yeah. I, I only perked up whenever they said a uh, Sauron. I'm like, oh, I know, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. And then it went right back to like blank faced expression as I watch it. Yeah, it's it's a weird one for sure. Um, uh-huh. I think if you're yeah, both comfortable with terrible. it, I think it's about time to do our film recommendation part. Yeah. Yeah, that was I'm my comfortable. One. I'm super comfy. <laughs> I'm getting, wait, let me get my comfy chair. I'm getting comfed up right okay. now. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm the opposite of comfortable with how frightening these scary vampire movies are. Am I right, guys? That was my recommendation. Yeah. Going back. Halloween. Going back a hundred years. A hundred years plucked. It's the spooky month when this is released publicly. <laughs> I went back to 1922. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nosferatu. There it is. The vampire classic. The one that, that kicked it off. Um, it's, it's, it's a simple story. It's a, a vampire wants to move in and basically wants to eat the, the wife of the state agent who's helping him. <laughs> That's num, the num, story. Num, num, num. He wants to eat her. <laughs> he wants to eat her. Yum, yum, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's kind of another one of those osmosis type movies that I'm sure a lot of people, our generation, our first introduction would have been the SpongeBob gag at the end of that episode. <laughs> Nosferatu. That's de- Nosferatu. That's definitely- <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was definitely my introduction uh, to uh, the yeah, character. Yeah, I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah. Yeah. My dad's and- like, it's a movie. You got to see it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's from 1922. So it's the oldest movie it's we talked about. 100 yeah. years old. A hundred years yeah, old this exactly year. Exactly, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah, that is that is cool. Yeah, as I was watching it, it was kind of like it was putting me into perspective of like some of my favorite movies are like from the nineteen seventies, and then I thought about how old I am and how much long I have left to live, and I'm like, there's a chance that I'll be alive <laughs> during the time when like the Holy Mountain turns one hundred, and I'll and if that's still like my favorite movie, I'll be like, my favorite movie is a hundred. Like, what kind of a person? Yeah has a hundred-year-old movie as their favorite movie right now. Not many, but there'll be a bunch, <laughs> like, you know? There'll be a bunch yeah. in 50 years. Yeah, they'll start piling up more and more. The landscape mm-hmm. of film really changed. Well, because, yeah, if we're talking about 20s film, it's silent. Um, so we're talking like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton sort of era. Um, so all the dialogue yeah. is in the pop-ups with the text because they couldn't record audio in the same way. Um, a lot of the imagery you might know from as far as the os- osmosis kind of points concerned like uh, the famous shots of the nosferatu's shadows coming up the stairs and him uh, yeah. coming out of the coffins and whatnot it's all like imagery that's been parodied and referenced beyond belief and inspired so many different filmmakers over the mm-hmm. years um but it's also it's kind of a double period piece because not only is it that the, the the setting of the film is 1838, so they were dressed up in the older clothes and act a certain way, but the film's obviously made in the 20s, so contrasting, especially when you got onto the the 70s Nosferatu, so it was a fun experience, like seeing the how far kind of film in and of itself had progressed over the decades and seeing the changes yeah. and 
Yeah, that's cool. Just the that's advancement cool in production. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, I don't know. There's is one of those though. Is this still very much a film from the twenties? Um, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. It's short, but it it kind of plods along in that that kind of way. Um, a, a lot of people, I guess, consider it sort of a masterpiece and a, it's essential to the history of film and everything that came from it and the a lot of the drama behind the scenes. Like, I don't think they had real permission to make the movie as far as licensing is concerned. So it's kind of like it's oh. been, like the original prints have been like burned and lost multiple times, but then have been like backed up from other copies that are available because of the like legal licensing of the original novel and them claiming parody, but not <laughs> it not really being parody enough and all this That's kind of funny. stuff. So mm. but over the decades, yeah, it's kind of settled into the being this classic and yeah, I enjoyed it for what it's worth. I, it's just once we get to a, a certain period of film that it does like the needle goes more into appreciate than like being on the edge of my seat, like getting engaged in the characters, engaged in the the story beat by beat in the way I might a more contemporary movie with my more modern sensibilities, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, right. I, I liked it. I think for me, it yeah. kind of depends also on genre. I've seen a few Chaplin films and I'm trying to figure out what the oldest Chaplin film I watched was because... I enjoyed a few of those, and those were, you know, silent movies. Comedies. So yeah, I think yeah. I watched the yeah. I enjoyed the kid. The kid is mm-hmm. yeah, a one year before this. I just think that like comedy transcends time a bit better than horror. Um, well, physical comedy yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, yeah like not not political comedy. Yeah. That would be <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> not doesn't really transcend time as much. But yeah, physical. There, there's a universality to you know, like I guess, like funny situations or like funny um, actions. I guess. Um, yeah, him hanging off the clock. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, things. Yeah, his like that will yeah, always kind of the potato resonate. The forks. <laughs> and and right. especially in things like physical comedy. The um, title cards indicating uh, narrative, it doesn't really take away too much from the experience when you're watching because that's not, mm. it, those are kind of just getting you from point A to point B of these like uh, comedy set pieces. And then the comedy set piece is just allowed to play in a way where um, it feels like you don't even need dialogue to explain it for the majority of what the film is. But then a film like this, this Nosferatu, it's like, the dialogue is pretty important. <laughs> um, it does feel like it's kind of stilted and interrupted for most of it because of the format. Although I will say when he's reading, um, when they're reading like the book passages and the diary and stuff, it doesn't interrupt it at all because you're reading it with them. Yeah. And you're just, it's basically, yeah, it might really as effective. well be a perspective shot. It doesn't, didn't even need to be a title card. You could have just shown the piece of paper, same thing. And that worked well, but yeah, the, yeah, not really into, uh, I guess, the format for this genre, and I wasn't really scared by anything. I liked some of the shadow shots uh, and, I guess, some of the character design, but it was not really for me. I found it to be, like, kind of poorly structured. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what worked about it for me, actually, was, like, it's very visually strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looks, mm. it's got a good creepy look to it. And, like, we're saying a lot of iconic imagery and, like, production design. Yeah, that's what really works about it for me. I'm like, oh, this looks creepy. It's got yeah. like that black and white 
old school look that you know a lot of movies don't have now because there's no reason to have it because <laughs> technology's progressed so far. But yeah, it's like well, yeah, it's definitely like of a different time. Um, yeah, I also really like the music for this movie, and it's that's another thing that's like it's got this kind of layer of mystery to it, which makes the movie kind of like kind of creepy too. Like you don't really know the the score is partially lost, basically the original musical score because mm-hmm. you know when it came out, they just composed it orchestrated it in the theater you know it's an orchestra Mm. there (laughs) because there's no sound and then yeah like a lot of that got lost and so like you Mm. know they try to reconstruct it now and it's like it's like some some of it's reimagined some of it's the original yeah it's like as faithful as it can be but you know it's not the exact same and you know um over time people have composed their own versions of it like you can watch this movie with different scores basically and you know like different um, composers with their own interpretation of it. I'm like, oh, that's the music. Such a cool thing about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I especially like the music during the um, the accidental uh, finger cut scene where Nosferatu goes and sucks yeah. his thumb. Pretty much. Um, that's that's when it really picked up for me. Honestly, it was like the first 20 minutes <laughs> when there is no. You haven't really seen the the vampire yet. Um, but yeah. Once you get to the scene change that's when i started getting way more involved for that that second act i guess it was i really liked the music on its own but with the film i feel like it kind of took away from any kind of like fear that i might be experiencing the tone of it is not like scary to me it's more I don't know. It reminds me of like almost kind of like Looney Tunes stuff. <laughs> like there's something, it, there's it nothing like really unsettling dramatic. about, yeah. There's like this, it's old. this yeah. layer of like the, yeah. everything that we associate that type of music with right now is done so with like a level of irony. Not to suggest that they're... Yeah, uh, yeah. which think about how old this movie is. Like, you, you know, they, all of the things we have in music now. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't believe... I don't believe that just a music being old means that it, it is, uh, you know, not that I'm not able to take it seriously because like I'm familiar with the music from Psycho, which was like, what, 20 years later? When, when was Psycho? No, wait, that was 40 years later. That was the 60s. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what mm. I mean. Like a lot it's, of what we associate now with like scary music or like good horror scores is like didn't even exist then. Like th- yeah. those things were not part of the the general knowledge of like composers or however you want to phrase it it's like it's it's totally unique like that's again that's something i like about it it's not relying on like a lot of the tropes we we see now with like horror scores um it's very different i feel like without music a lot of the scenes would have been more effective and scary for me yeah there's just no way of like knowing like Again, like I would have liked sound, but <laughs> trying to cast yourself back a hundred years exactly. like, is difficult it's... to envision. Because like it, it was like this is a movie that at the time was considered so scary because of its excessive horror that it was banned in Sweden. Nice, you know, like it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's... Like, it's hard to cast yourself back that far, like culturally. It's impossible. Like, just... It's literally not possible. Yeah. Like you yeah. can't. Nobody knows what the fuck like. We have historical accounts, we have interpretations from experts, and we have, like, our own imaginations, but, like, you don't know what it's like to live as someone else outside your own brain today. (laughs) Like, it's Mm -hmm. not possible, right? So, um, yeah, in, in some senses, I get it, like, it's, 
not made for an audience member in the year 2022. <laughs> right? It's that's not who it's for. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, it, in other senses, like, I find myself highly critical of films that exist today that are made for audiences today, too. Like, I was everybody's raving about the Fablemans. I thought it was fucking lame, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it did. On an unrelated note. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it's about just talking about it within its limitations, right? Because mm-hmm. there is like a nice um, kind of subdued nature to it where it's not trying to be flashy, like a flashy kind of monster movie. It, it is su- surprisingly subtle in how it's like trying to pull off something that could be as goofy and is admittedly goofy, like when he's carrying around his uh, coffin and whatnot. That <laughs> that was like the funniest, um, like scene breaking, like <laughs> thing f- to me. It was like the whereas for the most part, it's kind of creepy. I'm wondering how much of the comedy was intentional because there was a lot of comedic moments I thought in the film, but I don't know how much of it yeah, was just I, like I, I, because it's the time and their expressions are so exaggerated because that's how acting was or if that was more yeah, of like right. a comedic performance like i'm not you know watching the film it mm-hmm. was like oh yeah this is supposed to be funny but i was it now i'm thinking about it i'm like okay wait i'm not actually that sure yeah well that's the disconnect i guess we're saying with the <laughs> just the way people talk the the jokes people would make like it would be entirely different in the 20s so yeah because like like the whole when they're saying about the mosquito bites on the neck and whatnot, like that, that could funny. easily be played for a gag. <laughs> but I think they were, I think they were doing it in earnest. <laughs> yeah, That's, it, it is charming. Mm-hmm. It's charming and kind of dated, but also like nostalgic. It's weird. It's like there is something lovable about it, even if like it's. I'm not sat there terrified like I might be with some of my favorite horror movies. I, I do appreciate that imagery, and I do try to just picture myself in a theater in the twenties and how frightening a lot of this would have been like it like there's some creepy stuff in there like the the fingers and the shadows and the eyes like it's a yeah. cool character design in the 1920s the idea of a mm. moving picture would be frightening alone <laughs> like, whoa oh, yeah. it's like a whole yeah. event you don't yeah, just think people were afraid of that casually. film of like the the train yeah the, the train, train pulling into the station ah! <laughs> like, the people were like oh my god it's real yeah. <laughs> maniac so imagine watching this yeah some like creepy vampire yeah. Like people are probably yeah, like scared the illusion of, yeah. of like um, cinemas and but yeah, it's it's just hard to know. It's hard to know what people were actually it's impossible thinking. to know. You're right? Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. literally not possible. Um, I um, <laughs> I w- I did a uh, watch along of the uh, 1940s Pinocchio, and uh, I commented, you know, on the the structure of the film. Um, and that, I, that would be something that I feel like has gotten so much better over time is structure. But somebody, mm. somebody left a comment being like, I hate it when Adam talks about old movies because he ignores the fact that movies aren't made for, uh, people, a uh, hundred years in the future and that that's just what structure was. I'm like, yeah, but I'm talking about how it relates to me, you know, like there's no, there's no objective structure even today. Right. I think mm-hmm. subjectivity is implied when I say yeah. like, the structure doesn't work well, obviously for me. Like, and <laughs> I am an audience member in this year, so it's like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what you expect me to do. Like, go in a time machine? Like, I can't do that. The filmmakers couldn't do that. Like, I, yeah, 
if it if it connects with you it does if it doesn't it doesn't and the best you can do is try to rationalize why it does or doesn't yeah i think i think it does connect with me mm-hmm. um i think it connects like I, yeah i see the um even if you don't know what people were thinking at the time you can look at film as a whole and like see what has happened since and before and like piece together like okay this movie is original it is doing all these things it, it's you know breaking those conventions at the same time it's inspiring other horror movies like in, in yeah. influence mm. dracula the, the film anyway i believe the story was originally from dracula i don't know exactly like i think nosferatu was inspired by dracula the story but mm-hmm. then the movie was inspired by this you know the, the movie dracula is inspired by this film yeah <laughs> so like they both like take from each other yeah so so you're yeah and of course everything takes from dracula every vampire movie from fucking twilight to movies we talked about thirst yeah. like they're you know they're all from dracula so it's hard to know all y'all you could just yeah appreciate like the influence it's had and and see where it came from and like there is some like cool stuff in this movie there are some cool moments and like creepy imagery mm-hmm. and the music with it you're like yeah this is working like especially for a film so old I'm, I'm surprised actually how well it's working um i think you can make a movie like that with thinking of people 100 years in the future i mean it's very hard it's like impossible to like get someone to love the movie maybe everyone will love it but you can you could definitely connect with some people or at least in certain moments you could connect with people there are certain like, things that are timeless, a lot of movies yeah. we talk about now Mm-hmm. I think there's moments in the film that work still. Right. You don't know where, like, history's going. You have, like, no idea, like, what people will like 100 years from now. Maybe they, they will like something slower paced because they're sick of, like, I don't know, conventions or whatever. Like, you don't know what's going to become cliche, what's going to become overdone, what isn't. You know, it, it's it's very hard to predict. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good movie. Like, it's well-made work, I think. <laughs> like, they, they clearly uh, put a lot of thought into it. It is like groundbreaking, and it's like what I love. Like what I what I always say, it's a classic. I'm like, yeah, this is this is a classic. It's like it is a really classic. well done. Yeah, it's classy. <laughs> you were mentioning the uh, design uh, and just like the creepy design of the character and the aesthetic. I think that yeah, visually that does work really well. And those are like the moments of the film that work. Like I, I guess parts of it that work because again, I, I mentioned that the music didn't allow me to experience that fully, but. Um, I got an ad on IMDb just now as I was looking up the Chaplin films. <laughs> and I want you to look at that that image for a second for the new film Smile coming out. And this oh, is a hundred yeah, hundred years later. The 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 horror aesthetic, the design <laughs> of what scares people is just people doing the fucking smile face. The Kubrick stare almost. The like, oh my god! Yeah. It looks so stupid. Yeah, the Ku- right. Yeah, the Kubrick stare. That's like another Just thing. Smile. Right? Well, I'm definitely mm-hmm. watching that in theaters, by the way. <laughs> it looks so yeah. smile in theaters. It's going to make you smile, yeah. all right? <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to die. Oh, <laughs> like a trailer. So stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I guess that's why the context is always important to discuss but it's just where i get lost is yeah bringing it to the modern day in my own taste and what i'm looking for some kind of like emotional response um yeah i want more than to just appreciate exactly. i also want to kind of get involved into the story um but that's not yeah that's not to say that i don't 
like I I'm not anti the movie, but I just can't really envision aside from people who are interested in film history, like sitting down to like watch Nosferatu, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's probably and, and even if you are interested in film history, that doesn't mean that you're going to relate to the film. Like, I'm more interested in film history in the sense of me reading up about the film on Wikipedia or wherever. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the copyright uh, fiasco is interesting. You know, like that's that's something I find interesting mm-hmm. about the film. That doesn't mean the experience of the film is going to translate to me emotionally. Right. It, if something doesn't connect with you, it doesn't connect with you. And at the end of the day, I'm my review channel doesn't exist to just tell you whether or not the movie is already a classic. Like that's not the point mm-hmm. of yeah. someone <laughs> relating their experience to film. I don't know why. Apparently, some of my commenters think that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm talking about whether or not I connect with it, and I'm trying to rationalize why from my own perspective. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's um, yeah, there's. It's obviously important to to film, and I found you heard a shadow of the vampire. I would have maybe yeah. recommended this as like a trilogy type situation, but I'd never heard of it until I was doing some research. And yeah, I added it. it to my watch list. People were like, "Why didn't you watch that one?" I'm like, "Well, because we're not talking about it on the podcast." Yeah, but it's basically mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like what we're talking about is a film about the filming of Nosferatu. Oh, really? With That's Willem cool. Dafoe playing the vampire. Yeah. That's like an interesting angle to me, um, which I, I really want to check out now. Just seeing the stills of Willem Dafoe was, <laughs> as the vampire looks like enough for me to check it out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'll watch that at some point. Yeah. For sure. Did you guys this, watch the YouTube version of it? I'm just curious, like what? Because maybe you listen to a different score. Uh, I watched yeah, the Kino Classics restoration that is apparently as accurate as possible. And they even used like the yellow and and like cyan oh, film cool. and different parts yeah. to reflect yeah. the to to imply lighting and stuff because that's what a lot of films did, I guess. So yeah, that did have Hans Erdmann's score. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably the, you probably watched like the accurate one. Yeah, that's what I tried to do, like find the most accurate <laughs> one. I think one time I like played it the YouTube version and I put it on silent and then played the score mm. like separately. Cool, it was on actually. like a different YouTube video. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I played it like, a, <laughs> yeah. So, so it was like more accurate because I, I didn't want it to be distracting or whatever. I wanted to get the experience. Mm-hmm. I wanted an orchestra there to perform yeah. it for me. It was a, but, you know, it was a great score. It's just not, you can yeah, still appreciate like something. <laughs> it sounds like for music for back time, then, yeah. <laughs> and and not have it emotionally affect you. And at the end of the day, your experience with the film and your rating of the film should be a reflection that includes how it emotionally affected you and how you know that, that at least includes well, yeah, like, your if, experience. If it's, if it's intent, if it's trying yeah. to be frightening, and it and the music is interrupting yeah that, like emotion and that is yeah yeah fair. i would say it, it was effective in that it wasn't you know what i hear all the time from other scores mm-hmm. that are horror scores because they're all influenced by movies mm. that came out after this true yeah and yeah obviously it's not like you know it's not the under the skin score which is like that's my favorite <laughs> score from like a horror thing and you know that does use strings i complain about strings all the time it does use strings it's just used well like it's not like it's not the same fucking stock sound effect or whatever i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah that's what i've always said um but yeah it's like 
you know, um, right. It, at least this film, like, I'm not waiting for the string sting sound effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, it's different. It's totally different ballpark. That I'm like, oh, there is some uniqueness to this, like unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. Like a lot of people are gonna say the same thing as you. It's a hundred years old. It's like, you know, literally you hundred know, years old. It's a fucking old movie. They, it's a fucking old movie. They didn't yeah, have literally. movies existing as a concept for very long before this movie was made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't made to be a timeless yeah. classic entirely, like yeah. how some of the Disney movies are. Like Pinocchio, I think that was made to be a timeless classic. I think that was very deliberately how they made everything. <laughs> Disney makes everything. They they want it to be. I mean, whether it is or not, it's mm-hmm. up to you, but I think that was very much their intent. This is just like... I mean, who, who, like, it's hard to even put yourself in, like, where they thought film would go. Impossible. They might have thought it was just a fad. <laughs> they might have like, oh, this will be around for 10 years. We'll make our money and then we'll fucking, yeah. we'll go. Go back to it was newspapers. Just like this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go back to radio. People probably like, oh, radio is where it's at or whatever. Hell yeah. Things change. Like, yeah, like, you don't know. It was just some invention back then. It was mostly, like, for um what's the word like nerds like a theme park ride no even <laughs> just for like you know for fun yeah like it's just like it's not made to tell a story it's made for like fun like just a theme park ride or something like that seeing a movie would have been an entire event like people see movies casually yeah, now that exactly. it was not a casual experience it was like we're going to fucking disney world <laughs> yeah it was like that well, yeah, yeah you can watch nosferatu on your fucking phone for free on youtube <laughs> like, you know while yeah. you're for the bus. it would have it would have been like vr you put people in vr the first time like holy <laughs> yeah. shit yeah basically yeah right <laughs> yeah it's hard to put yourself there um i don't know if we have much else to say about it it's very Not short it's a very short movie so like only an hour 20 it's probably all people could handle. Yeah, I'm glad I've like seen it all the way through now, so I can say that I've seen mm-hmm. Nosferatu. We um, did it. Yeah, we, did <laughs> we it. did it. I do. I do yeah. find the whole public domain like a cool, interesting slant. Because like at the end of the last episode, where I was like saying, "Oh, we're going to do Nosferatu," and I just assumed, just kind of by default, like if it's beyond or before a certain time period, it's just going to be kind of annoying to find in some way. But it's like. I just completely forgot about the whole public domain aspect mm. of this being, and that's yeah, free it's famous. Yeah, yeah. It's very famous yeah, yeah. Film. But then yeah. the recordings of like the specific recordings of the score, are then like their own copyright, and then it's so annoying. Yeah. I hate it. There's mm-hmm. just so much about it. Is, it is, yeah, it's really annoying. But and there's like ten different versions, and it's like, well, which one? Yeah. That's why I had to make sure I was watching yeah the right score. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's made their own versions of the score, right? There's like a hundred yeah, different versions. Replace it with Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> Metallica did their own. Uh, if you sync up Nosferatu with uh, Dark Side of the Moon, they sync up perfectly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not this movie. That's uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, just in case someone didn't know. Um, and also, you have to be on a lot of drugs for it to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to not understand music. Whoa, um, dude. I'm just going to give, I'm going to give a rating. I give it eight. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, by my own logic, I should give it a 10 or a 9, but I don't know. An 8 sounds right. <laughs> it sounds right, given my experience of it and and like the, the my appreciation for it. Like, yeah, it's an 8. Yeah. I'd still recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I guess I'd go a little bit lower. I'd be like a high 3 star, like a 6. 
because uh, yeah, I'm I'm like right down the middle in terms of I do appreciate everything about the movie, the the production, the yeah, the character design. The, I do like that music a lot. I like what it did for film, where it sits, like the what it did with its limitations, like all the arches and oh, it was more varied in terms of location than I was expecting. I enjoyed that aspect. But yeah, as far as like a like an actual response, if it is trying to be frightening, if it is trying to be like a scary horror film, like I, I don't feel it like one might when they were sat there in the twenties, um, and we just have so much more to choose from, so much of the influence that came after to pick and choose from. So yeah, big fan, but I'm not going to be like putting this on if I want a scary horror movie no. anytime soon. <laughs> and I'm giving this one a 5 out of 10 it was a movie um, and everything I'm supposed to appreciate about it I do just not as a narrative uh, yeah it's Damn. a different yeah, I don't know it's, a, <laughs> wow. it's an interesting time capsule of German expressionist <laughs> filmmaking uh, a lot of things they did obviously uh, influential but it's not that that is completely irrelevant to my experience with the film. It is entirely relevant to interest behind the film, but not relevant to my experience during the film. Depends on the movie, really. I mean, it does it does play in certain factors. If I were to say, like, if this exact same movie was released today, then I'd probably rate it lower. So I am still giving it credit for, you know, the time period and. It's limitations at the time, but yeah, I do like Metropolis more. It's only a couple years later. I do like that film more than Metropolis this. is a lot more impressive, even if I don't relate to that yeah. one either. It's more, yeah, it's 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 more yeah. grandiose and interesting to look at visually, also. Yeah, it's just like a more interesting story yeah. too. And then, um, yeah, with the kid in 1921, I'm just like, yeah, I I emotionally related to the kid. I was into it. I enjoyed watching yeah. it. I found a lot of it funny. So, um, yeah, it's not like it's impossible for me to relate to a film in the 1920s. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'll never see Nosferatu again. It was fine. But we watched another movie. Uh, it was the, the Werner Herzog, I guess, remake called Nosferatu the Vampire. And what uh. I discovered about it is that there were two different versions. He filmed it in both German and English using like the same actors yeah. with some of them being dubbed. I watched the German <laughs> version with English subtitles. Which one did you guys watch? What'd you think? Whichever one's on YouTube. Do you not <laughs> know what language well, I, they I were speaking when you watched it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was English. Yeah, it was English for my version. There was no option on the... Um... Uh, to watch it, it was on one of those sub subscriptions on Amazon. I okay. like, always forget like which one it was, but um, yeah, it was on there, and that, so I had to watch it in English. Yeah. Um, I got those. I was reading about that like afterwards. Yeah, it's not that yeah. distracting though. It is like filmed in English, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's interesting how he did that, and also I will say, in the German version, there are some obvious dubs at points. Um, so it's not free from. The um, dubs. Yeah, there are, there are a couple of those in the English version anyway, so it's it's probably just a result of 
committing to both sides mm. that's just going to happen here in the yeah i loved this movie i thought it was great there are certain biases that people have in terms of like tone and feel of films um some people will just watch anything that's cyberpunk you know it johnny mnemonic yeah. is cyberpunk therefore i love it because it's cyberpunk um there's some people like that there's some people that gravitate towards yeah i'm like that with blade <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like the the, the early the 2000s techno shit yeah or like some people gravitate towards that sort of thing with like that was awesome like decades of filmmaking <laughs> some people really love like 1920s film or some people really love like french new wave i love 70s films i think that i have a bias yeah. towards mm. 70s films in terms of a look and feel, and it's always just been the perfect as well. balance between um, technical limitations of the time. They're still using film. Not everything had been like perfected yet. There's, you know, things are a little rough around the edges, even in like professional productions sometimes, especially yeah. like independent seventies film. Um, yeah, I and agree. This, with it's before eighties where everything was like a little. You know, where, where you got into the decade of, like, materialism and consumerism, like, hyper-personified fucking American psycho shit. Up. You know, everybody's on cocaine. It was, like, just in that perfect, perfect little bubble, that decade of film. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of my favorite movies are from the 70s. You know, it, was Fantastic Planet the 70s? Yeah. I right. think it was the maybe it's 60s but Let's like see. I was gonna say that, too. Like, the 70s is probably my favorite decade of film. 73, yeah. Yeah, 70s. Okay. 1973. Yeah, Holy Mountain. Yeah. 70s. A lot of uh, Kubrick stuff. I think Apocalypse Now and like Godfather. There's a lot of films from the 70s that I that I find myself really enjoying. Um, especially independent film. And this movie made me really want to check out Herzog's other earlier films. Because I have still yet to see... Uh, Aguirre the Wrath of God or whatever it's called and there's another one that mm. he's really famous for um, but yeah wow I thought that this was like a really beautiful well made film and uh, fixed a lot of the issues that I had with the original Nosferatu in terms of being able to like personally relate to things narratively or emotionally um, I think that this did like a much better job and it justified its existence in that sense yeah yeah well, it's clearly made out of like utter admiration for the original mm -hmm. um which is always I good i think <laughs> yeah. herzog like is obviously i think he said it's what was favorite german film or something the original mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. so and that definitely like shows and I, i'm right there with you in terms of it feeling like it's taking that original story and updating it in a way that does remove some of the silly sillier bits um the soundtrack isn't like as 20s it just feels yeah. like a more kind of traditional solid kind of narrative um it's a bit easier to follow. It does remove some of the charm as well like for me because that those the nosferatu original film is so iconic and like the the imagery of it and yeah the, that feels more like a him. relic where this feels just more like a sure yeah, i can see how you'd see like it that way but i'm like it's missing that i feel like it has its own charm well yeah i i still like this movie i feel too. like you're substitute yeah it's substituting charms there's a different charm yeah. of 1920s and 1970s it's like a 50-year gap and now we're today 
50-50 all the way. It's hard to remake something. Yeah, it's hard to, like, remake something and bring your own, like, spin to it. Not make me think of that original. Because it is so ingrained yeah, true. in, like, pop culture and, and so on. But it, it does tell the story well, yeah. This movie does have dialogue and sound. It has a lot of advantages <laughs> that the other one mm-hmm. did not. <laughs> exactly. It has years, yeah, exactly. Of, years of film history to tell it. Which makes it, you know, in ways better... But, you know, there's there's something more admirable and more iconic about that original one, too. You know, um, it, the, the biggest thing is, like, like you said, it's made out of love. Like, that's the that's the important thing. It's not like, I don't know, some fucking studio remake today. Like, I'm, I don't know, like Total Recall or whatever. Like, it is actually made because they wanted to make it. And that's going back to the whole 70s thing. I don't think remakes were as had that stigma nah. as much so because they were made by like artists i was gonna say out of this the 70s by probably my favorite decade for film too if not the 70s then the 60s mm-hmm. like those two decades mm-hmm. and and you know the 80s too which are like you know the 70s is hamburgered in fucking between those 60s two. through 90s are all just like <laughs> like i i, I, I yeah. get i miss them yeah like, like yeah. even like mid 90s because, you know, there's, like, Even Pulp Fiction 90s. and Jurassic Park and whatever in the 90s. Yeah, sure. Um, but there's, like, there's this point, like, film became too big for its own britches or <laughs> something, something yeah, like that. Technology is, like, Yeah, technology and the studio filmmaking. Like, okay, now it's nothing but remakes and nothing but, like, trying to make $100 million in the box office. People said, Hollywood like, went woke. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Now they just cast a bunch. Now the Little Mermaid's black. <laughs> that doesn't make but any sense. It was, like, this <sighs> point. It's like the Star Satire. Wars, um, people said like, yeah, sure. Uh, Star Wars was like the killer of cinema or whatever. It's like once those big budget movies, like once Hollywood right, realized right, they could yeah. make money with it. Um, I still love Star Wars, but yeah, it, it came this point where like they just make it bigger and bigger and bigger and it kind of takes away from the story and like the, the most you get of like a 70s movie kind of tone now are like mid budget movies, not like necessarily low budget, but like the twenty to thirty billion dollar budgeted mm-hmm. movies where they do have like a story and character and like style, like a director's vision and they're made with love. But they're also made to make money, you know. Like I don't want films to not be profitable, obviously, because then he, they're not gonna make films anymore. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but like the seventies was like this perfect balance of like I think it was just like the business model, maybe too. Like you know, you had to go to the theater to see it because there was no home option. No home video, yeah. So like they they made them, yeah. They made their money, and like once a movie was like, I can't even think about that today. Again, putting yourself in like someone's shoes, like yeah, 30, 40 years ago. Like yeah. once a movie was out of theaters, it was gone. Hey, <laughs> like that's like like you're not yeah. gonna see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Preserve <laughs> um, the reels if you can. Yeah, like they'll do reshowings of movies that are really classic, like 2001. And the, that's why there were so few movies. It's like, cause like once a movie came out, it's like, okay, it's in theaters for a few months. Like it's not even like how it is now, where it's like a couple weeks, uh, you know, you need to make all your money. It's like you make your money over a year and then you fucking dump it out of theaters and that's it. It's gone forever. Um, it's just a different mindset. Yeah. Um, anyway, this movie, yeah, I, I like it. Um, it's like to me it's like almost the same as like the first one um in terms of how much i like it um but i do it's like i i appreciate it it's just like i do the the 20s one i i appreciate it for the love that it was made with yeah because it's still even though there are like changes it's still extremely faithful um yeah despite the updates and the tinkerings it's still just like very similar you have like the same scenes there's still the accidental cutting finger scene there's still like the same like story pretty much it's just with all the accoutrements that come with uh 
just modern technology and the like Herzog dialogue, especially that kind of enhances. Yeah, it. Herzog. I find Herzog very interesting too. I like him. Uh, he's like he's like Jack Reacher. He's such a wacko. Mm-hmm. He's a character. Yeah. He's yeah. the director of Bad Lieutenant, Protocol, yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got like a wide variety of stuff he and does. And then he makes a bunch of fucking weird, weirdo documentaries where he's narrating the whole thing. He's like, but it's the penguin. Oh, Grizzly Man. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Grizzly Man. Man. That's a great movie. At the end of the world. I love Grizzly Man. But why? <laughs> no one could ever hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just... The personality. I watched one of his new documentaries at TIFF, and this is something that he's done. If you if you're familiar with like the whole catalog of Herzog documentaries, he's done this a few times. There's some guy like he was filming explaining like a mathematical equation, um, and then he just like I don't know, like thirty seconds into it, the voiceover narration of Herzog basically gets overlaid on top of this guy. He's like. I'm not going to pretend I understand anything this man is saying. So I will not bore <laughs> yeah, you with the specifics. Voice. <laughs> and just like yeah. the personality that it adds into it. This is like kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I could call it fourth wall breaking because it's already a documentary, but it, it's funny. He's, he's such a character. He's very old school. He's such he a weirdo. Yeah. I love movies by weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, Holy Mountain or whatever. Ones. I really want to see Fitzcarraldo, which is him. That's the I've other seen one, yeah. a documentary. I've seen a documentary about the making of it. I wish I knew the name of it. I saw it in like film school at some point. Um, and there's like that because that movie's about like them pushing a boat up a hill. So it's just like a documentary about the behind the scenes of him, like you know, trying to get this boat up the hill. It's like it, it's obviously like really almost impossible to do for this film. That's so um, funny. But, you know, yeah, it is, it is quite kind of funny to watch him, like, ordering all these fucking people around trying to push a boat up a hill just for his movie. It's like a giant, like, yacht. It's not like a, <laughs> like a little boat. Wow. Uh, but And the lead uh, yeah, in that movie, I think, was, um, he played Count Dracula in Nosferatu. Yeah. He did a bunch of collaborations yeah. with him. Yeah. 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 He did a, he did a good job. Um, he was awesome. Kind of- uh-huh. Yeah, it's fantastic. Not, not to it, not over the top. Just bringing that subtlety, but also like hearing the the character with with dialogue really improved it for me too. Like there is something creepy about that that kind of atmosphere in the first one where you are just kind of envisioning what this this creature might sound like, but giving him a voice and having him have like scenes of dialogue, especially towards the end. There's that really good one with um, the character Lucy Harker. Where they have that conversation by the mirror. It's like, oh, this is like it's really effective, like a really effective character interaction. It's like creepy. What they're saying is like thoughtful and stimulating. Yeah, I yeah. really liked mm-hmm. that side of it. And also, the, the for them to be able to utilize dialogue, it's not just the dialogue that they're speaking, but now there's also an opportunity for there to be purpose in the spaces between dialogue. In this film, there's so many instances mm. where there's uncomfortable silences and those are used just so perfectly. And there's such great sound design, the clock ticking, the wolf howling, the, the fireplace, the wind whistling. Yeah, the and just like cool. all of this incredible atmosphere to help you get sucked into this like, okay, this is like a really creepy spot. This is like a really weird sort of thing. Um, and just, yeah, the, these, these silent 
uh, well, vocally silent interactions that the two characters have with each other are just so creepy where he's like staring at him over his bed and just like, uh, like this, it makes it more significant when there is silence. Whereas in the original film, there was no opportunity to really do that because it was all silent. Yeah. So you, you were missing mm-hmm. essentially like a tool that you could have used to uh, enhance the story. And so I love that this film paid attention to things like that because it, it really did think like, okay, well, what can we do to improve upon the original? What tools didn't they have that we can now use and how will we use those? Yeah. So do you, did you find effective then as a horror movie contrasting yeah. with the original? Much more so. And there's goofy points in this newest one for sure. There's like really cheesy uh, moments in this that I also love for the cheese in the same way that it's like, you know, there's certain films like a a Raimi film or like an older Peter Jackson film where it's like, okay, you can do horror and you can do like a bit of cheese in there as well. And you can Mm -hmm. say like, haha, that's stupid and or bad, but I still love it at the same time. Or maybe I'm just like forgiving it in in a way of like, okay, this is like a seventies movie sort of thing. Like you can have a moment that's kind of stupid here and there. I thought that the ending of this film was like, (laughs) One of the funniest fucking things. And in this sense, like, I feel like I can understand a bit more closely what an audience in the 70s might be like as opposed to an audience in the 20s. There's already a huge catalog of films and layers of expectations of audience members and other things we can judge it Mm. uh, with at the time and compare it to, um, I guess, that I'm at least more familiar with. And I feel like the ending was supposed to be kind of shit posty. I feel like the ending of this film was supposed to be like pretty funny. <laughs> like just this like, oh well I, I guess spoiler talk. Shit Spoilers. Posty. Like yeah, spoiler. <laughs> shit posty is a word is a modern word I'm using to describe you know obviously. But <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean it gets kind of crazy. But... I think no, ha- as as a person that's watched a shit ton of uh what Herzog movies. I don't know why I forgot his name for a second. Uh, I've watched so many Herzog documentaries and only a couple of his like actual films. I feel like his personality and his level of just his sarcasm and humor and his wit in his documentaries helps me to understand a bit more his sense of humor when going into his filmmaking as well, like his narrative features. Mm. I feel like there's definitely parts in this that are supposed to be like kind of like tongue in cheek. Like the ending is for sure. In my perspective, at least, it feels like something that's supposed to have a layer of humor to it. But you never know. It's all up to interpretation, I guess. Yeah, it starts to pin down. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the look of it. Looks good. I, I love the look of it. Looks nice. I like the look of Nosferatu, too. It's hard to like top the classic look. and You do humanize them a little bit. Um, maybe more than a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I think the actor played him really well. Yeah. It's, it's hard to be an iconic role and like do it well. <laughs> yeah. To sell it, especially with those, uh, <laughs> it must've been hard to deliver lines with those like front teeth things. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're pretty funny. <laughs> it's hard to like come up even like a voice because you know, the original one doesn't have a voice. Yeah. It's silent. Um, so it's like an interpretation of it. And yeah, it does yeah, work. It's a whole different ball like game. all these yeah, all these decisions work. Yeah, it's a very different kind of movie just because of how more modern it is, but 
Yeah, I think I think what you said is right. It does like justify its existence with the choices it makes. It doesn't feel like a like a shell of a film. Yeah, um, and horror <laughs> remakes are pretty common. Like, especially one so old. It's not like anyone's like, you can't remake the, the 1922 movie? Like, how could you do that? It's, it's like, yeah, there, there are parts of it that are dated. It's not like The Godfather, where it's like, it still holds up now, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you, you can make a modern version there are of areas it and to update improve. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't, yeah, it is very artful. I feel like yeah. one way this film really improved... Um, is not just the the visual look from like an aesthetic standpoint, but also the ability to kind of soak in uh, like a setting or atmosphere. So one of the shots that really uh, emphasize this uh, is when the I guess we're going to call him the main character. I forget his name though, but uh, the guy who's who traveled to Nosferatu's to, to the vampire yeah, guys, Jonathan Hawker, um, I guess. He wakes up and he is kind of exploring around before he finds out that the doors are locked. And there's this moment where he looks up at the ceiling and then the camera also looks up at the ceiling. And it's like, oh, wow, we're mm-hmm. actually using like cinematography to like help you get into the character's perspective. Like there's so much more motion with the camera. Like we get such a better feel for the environment and that and we as audience members are able to look up with him and be like, OK, wow, that's like you can see the whole um the whole roof of this place and it has a really creepy unique and interesting look like we're getting so much more of a sense of location that was just not really in the original film like i I didn't really get much of a sense for the environment in the original film at all in this film particularly also the way that things are edited and the way that things are structured gave so much more of a sense of journey in between locations. So he's traveling for like a month, right? Um, mm-hmm. To get from one place, uh, the Dracula's home, to back to the town. And we really get a feel, like a sense for this long journey. And that's something that I never, that I didn't really experience in the original film. I never really, it's just information being communicated through visuals, structure, editing, just such a more polished better production and and yeah that's what i get out of it and that's why yeah. i don't enjoy the original as much it's just those things were missing yeah but i guess i can kind of sit more with ralph in terms of like a, i, I kind of appreciate them in a in a similar sort of way because while i do agree that the the atmosphere and just the general production is obviously what's what 50 years later pretty much so there's like just such an advancement in terms of camera work uh, production design and just everything you'd expect but um i wasn't i wasn't fully like frightened as i might be um some of my more uh appreciated horror movies because uh, yeah there is there i don't know if it's just something about vampires or if it is just the way they sit in pop culture at this point Hundred years later, like just my baggage, I associate with them. But, um, yeah, I just yeah. don't find them that frightening as, as far as a concept. Um, but yeah, I, I I appreciated every other aspect of it. Um, but again, yeah, maybe I'm just not a Nosferatu mega fan. <laughs> I hmm. I did enjoy seeing um, Isabel Ajani. Yeah. Um I thought she was really good in the movie. Um Yeah. After seeing her in possession, where she was equally 
uh, kind of well cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that was like perfect casting for updating that character from the original. Yeah, um, and yeah. Kind of, kind of just yeah, upgrading what they were going for. You know what's crazy is the um, I was talking about how I didn't really relate to the music at all in the original nineteen um, twenties Nosferatu. And hearing the music in this film, I'm like, holy shit, this is like one of the best scores ever. Like it's so like dreamy and mesmerizing in the way that they they use it with uh, this, you know, the the nature backdrop and like the mountains and this whole like sequence where it's just it's it's so artfully expressive. And I found out after the fact that that was uh the song in those sequences was from uh Richard Wagner. Uh so it it actually the the music oh. had existed in the 1800s. So before the score for Nosferatu, it's just a matter of it, it oh, so so wow. it wasn't like a oh, limitation of what scores could be. Um I, I, it wasn't scored for the film. It wasn't a limitation of what music could be and you know if you think about uh classical symphonies that existed like in the 1800s especially, um, then, you know, we can be aware that mu- there was no, like, hard limitation on what music could be. So it, it feels weird to, to uh, give the 1920s Nosferatu a lot of credit in that sense. But what I will say, I guess, about that is, is there was a limitation on how people thought music could be used. And so the music that mm-hmm. I love from this film... Um, was taken from it, it was a prelude to like a big symphony right and so that genre wise or expression wise the, the feel of that music in the 1920s wouldn't have been necessarily associated with film per se if I, I could be wrong about that but th- I'm trying to give the original Nosferatu some credit in that sense and just say like maybe nobody had the idea to use music in that way but yeah it's great music existed from well before Nosferatu and it's just a matter of discovering how to use it and doing it in a way that um that is I guess creative to a certain (laughs) decade of audience members expectations I don't know Mm -hmm. it's complicated still but I'm saying I relate to it a lot more despite it being older yeah it's hard to know (laughs) yeah yeah did you read anything about the the use of animals? Uh-huh. There are a hell of a lot of rats in the movie, especially towards the end, um, <laughs> which no, apparently turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. Um, I'm sure. sure. Talk about <laughs> like, uh, ethics <laughs> or whatever for... of using animals in uh, uh, in film, because of course, like there are like thousands of rats towards the end of the movie in some of the scenes. Um, and you gotta, you gotta get them there. You gotta, <laughs> apparently like some of them were the wrong type of rat, the wrong color of rat. So they were like dyeing them different colors and like in the process of dyeing them a different color, like half of them died. Yeah. And just like a nightmare. Oh man. Herzog wow. insisted yeah. that the rats should be gray. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the kind of... I could believe him that, that he would do that. I mean, like, that's the kind of director yeah. he 70s is. Yeah, 70s Herzog for sure did that. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, he made, if he made everyone push a boat up a hill, then yeah, he'd do that. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I was just picturing like what those rat scenes would like look like in a Nosferatu remake today, potentially. Like just yeah, CG fluff filling if, up a room. If Eggers makes his, I'm sure it will be not shit. But like, do we use all the rats? Is the question? Yeah, yeah. I was I was really excited at the premise of that of Eggers, like yeah. But I, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think you're right. But that would no, have been cool so. to have like say every fifty years or so there's like a a filmmaker with the gusto and like, to take it on and to actually continue on its legacy and like update it to you know, the current filmmaking standards. Because I feel like that you could make a a really frightening film, uh, if you pulled it off the right way in this setting. Yeah. I think that parts of this film were actually effective to me in like a straightforward kind of horror sense um like i had already mentioned the um like uncomfortable silences and like the general creepiness of like the interactions Mm -hmm. and of the the vampire character but i also think that like the bite scene at the end like that perhaps maybe not like existentially terrifying but like it felt real it felt like disgusting like the sound design that went with it like the the mm-hmm. very grounded like noises that he was making as he, he he bit into her and it looked like he was biting into her it was like whoa it was like true yeah it wasn't effective really scene. creepy yeah yeah like so many more films now even today are completely unable to do like physical action cheating you know people will punch each other like mm-hmm. three feet away <laughs> or like you know <laughs> strangle the neck without <laughs> without your thumbs even making contact with their throat sort of thing like there's so many pieces of like physical action in in media that are not done properly throughout time and yet this film manages to cheat it in a very convincing way um yeah this this film has kickstarted me uh checking out Herzog's older films and I'd always been meaning to but now I'm like okay I'm actually excited to, and I, I think I'll bump it up on my list of priorities. Oh my god, there were no like jump scares in this movie. I don't know how much of a trope jump scares were in a seven the seventies. Not really as much, I guess. But yeah, I don't think they were as much. Maybe. Yeah, I don't really know the history of jump scares when that what's what films kind of set that kind of trend off. Yeah, but a lot of uh, just like really moody, kind of like creeping crescendos rather than like shocking moments you know it was always it 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 had a nice build up to it yeah yep there's a couple criticisms i have with this movie not really sure why the (laughs) character jumped to the conclusion of like oh the vampire's leaving he must be going after lucy she's in danger like that was weird um and then uh yeah, the ending is just like the cheesiest thing in the world. <laughs> like, arrest him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I'm taking him. Like, that was just so funny. He, like, he gets the woman to like sweep up the... Was that garlic, I guess, in the circle or salt? I don't even know what that was, but... Yeah, she like convinces him. Just like the way he hops out of it and like the ending there was like so <laughs> cheesy. But I loved it. It, <laughs> it was, was like... Comedic, but... It's cheesy in the the sense that like early... Like, like some of the Sam Raimi horror films can be cheesy even if even if they're like fleeting moments in this film um 
yeah overall i just i absolutely loved the experience it was just everything that i love about movies um and the way that films can express themselves uh can be found in this film so or at least most but all right do you have anything more to say about it or uh yeah no no it's it's weird because like the actual plots or what the stories are saying i don't really i didn't really get that much out of it. it's more like the atmosphere and the yeah kind of building tension or the or more the historical relevance of that original one more so than this one but yeah i i had a fun experience with these um I wish I'd known about that uh, Willem Dafoe one before, so we could have chucked that in. But next year, yeah, yeah. I did just look up actually the history of jump scares. Apparently, it just wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Good before 1980, and Carrie apparently has one of the first modern jump scares. Yeah, I feel so like Friday the Thirteenth has a couple. I don't know how effective yeah. they were. Yeah. So I guess it was like an 80s thing. It's like kind of later. Yeah. No wonder I like movies from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it's before they got bad. Before they got woke. <laughs> yeah. Go, work, go broke, baby. Yeah. I want my female characters <laughs> to be fainting in every scene. So true. <laughs> <laughs> she did faint a lot. That was kind of funny. All right. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, eight out of ten from me. Uh, I love it despite it's, you know, it has a couple flaws, but I think that like overall, it's just a huge, huge jumping off from the original. Um, and it utilizes and takes advantage of uh every tool that the original did not have at its disposal. It justifies its own existence, and I love it on a personal level, and I connect with it very much. So, go Herzog. Yeah, I'm just just slightly below you. I'd give it three and a half star, seven. I, I did enjoy it more as a film um, compared to that original. I could tell it was a labor of love. I liked the injection of the dialogue and how they chose to kind of emote the characters and the being able to, you know, use dialogue whereas the original couldn't. And yeah, I just thought it was solid. But again, like I'm not going to rush back to see it anytime soon. It's just vampires, man. There's some, something about them. Something about these vampires. <laughs> your recommendation. <laughs> Twilight ruined them. I know. Why Twilight yeah. ruined them? That's that's my theory. It just ruined the whole. Do you really think Twilight. it has that much power? Yeah, <laughs> that those shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you're right. I just see them with sparkling. No. Um, would you give it, Adam? An I gave it eight? an eight. I would also give it an eight, awesome. which is the same as I gave Nosferatu. Yeah, I, I like them different for different reasons, but I like them the same. Perfect. I like both of them. Both. Uh, I want to see Willem Dafoe one. Yeah, yeah, we'll check it out at some point. So how's the uh, how's the dragon now? It's not not good. <laughs> oh really? Because because what I'd been hearing is that it's the one out of the two fancy shows right now to be watching. But I guess that doesn't really mean that much. If yeah, it doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah, it's better than it's better than the Lord of the Rings one. Thing is, it's yeah. like it's really slow. Um, mm. it, it's it's but kind of not in a like, satisfying way. No, not in a satisfying. It doesn't way, feel really. like it's building somewhere. It just feels kind of stretched. 
Yeah, it feels very stretched and like uh, there's just not a lot going on and I don't really care. Like like some of my friend Cam was saying, like, it's like the same three fucking characters every scene. It's like not like Game of Thrones where it's like going uh, to all the different lands or whatever. It's like, yeah. okay, it's it's either the sister or like the brother That's or weird for Game of the Thrones. Because that was like part of it was like trying to keep track of everyone. Uh-huh. It feels very small scale compared to that stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's really it's funny because it's really slow, but at the same time there are these massive time jumps that are just really jarring. So at the same, it's like too fast paced, but also too slow. Like every episode, like they they flash forward like ten years. I'm like, holy shit! Oh, it's shit. like different actors playing the main character by the by this episode. What are you talking about? Huh. Um, House of the Dragon. Oh, it's like very <laughs> whatever. It's okay. I'm like people call Better Call Slow or Saul Slow. I'm like compared to that <laughs> shit. Slow. <laughs> better call slow. Yeah, better call slow is much better than than this. All right, time for questions. Okay, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. Head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit if you want to ask us anything you feel like. Just like Whiskey Food did. It's going to start us off here. Which movie antagonists slash villains do you think were actually justified in their actions and doing the correct thing? Scar. <laughs> Fuck the monarchy. I'm just kidding. It's always Scar. I'd say um, Magneto from the X-Men is a good mm. answer. That's the answer I gave. Because I answer the same question on, on my own like little show I do. And yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I give the same answer. It's it's a uh, you know, he's the villain, you understand his motivation. He's not like just trying to destroy the world because he's a bad guy. He's trying to protect mutants to some extent which are like oppressed people they're you know tortured by the government or whatever so you understand his motivation he has that whole like holocaust backstory yeah, to him, at least in the movies story. yeah so yeah. he knows like how human beings can like you know take people and and be kind of evil and whatever so he's trying to like stop that from happening to mutants and yeah he's like like yeah his motivation makes sense he's still a bad guy but his motivation makes sense. You understand where he's coming from. I, th- I think that's a good answer. Magneto. Magneto. <laughs> Honestly, uh... Ian McKellen. <laughs> one of my favorite kind of motivations or, like, villain slash antagonist slants is just, like, a, like a beast of nature, you know? Be it, like, like Jaws, uh, mm-hmm. the, the bugs from Starship Troopers, or, like, oh, Alien... Yeah. Just these, just these creatures. Where like, yeah, can sure. you really say that they're, they're not doing the cor- correct thing by just they're just like monsters, you know? They're just like big mm-hmm. bugs uh-huh. or whatever, just doing what they should be doing. And it's like you can't really cast blame in the same way you can't really blame, you know, a bear that like goes for you in the woods. It's just, it's just exists. You know, it's kind of like what I liked about Nope as well. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. It's like a primal thing. I think that. Um justified might be a strong word when i'm thinking about this character and let's try our best not to say anything about it because we don't want to spoil it but in old boy like you empathize with the villain by the like you feel bad Mm. for him like you really feel bad for the like you you're like damn like you took it kind of extreme but i understand (laughs) you know like i can see why you had an extreme reaction because like your life was really fucked up right so um yeah I think the I think the trees in the happening were pretty based. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh god, I spoiled the happening. Oh no. <laughs> the biggest meme is that it was the trees. What? Right? No. What? 
No. <laughs> Completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. It's just like five bucks. <laughs> we're uh, not assholes. Right, I guess we answered that. Yeah, we're not asses. You could just quote like a million lines from it. It's like Bird Demic. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, it's classic. Yeah. Like Nosferatu. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. He's got a new movie coming out. Yeah. So. Hmm? The, uh, oh, yeah, M. Night. Shamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, I saw him tweeting. It's Gay the Strangers. But there'll be more to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's what, it's what the first 30 minutes will be, and then it'll turn into something else. But Yeah, that'll become some stupid shit. Then the trees will come to life, and they have to run away. Yeah. God, you're, just, you're making me think about that beach movie. I complete, you did yeah. that, right? The, man. Old. <laughs> yeah. Old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway. What an interesting director. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that, that's the tenant of like a good villain, though. Surely, right? It's like you can at least see where they're coming from in some way. You know, like the right. they'll often take it too far because they have to for like certain stakes to be raised in the story. But like uh, Roy Batty and Blade Runner or someone like that. It's oh a yeah, good one. that's yeah. a good one. So I, can... I mean, I, I think that that's part of why a film like Old Boy is intelligent is because you know it, even though it's very much a film. And it goes much more extreme than you'd see in real life. It still grounds it in a sense that, you know, there are real life, a lot of, no matter who is committing an atrocity, they feel justified in some way. And so, you know, mm -hmm. it makes sense to, sure, there are some people that we can categorize as villains in real life, but everybody is just like an individual, you know, it's a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, yeah, taking the concept of a villain and making it less black and white, yeah. Yeah, rather than just having a villain. Yeah, that's what's cool about, like, the, the end of Watchmen, um, that character, Zimendeus, um, that, that kind of feeds into that grayness. I don't know if I want to spoil it or whatever, but that's a particular Yeah, good, I guess that's one of the like, better okay. parts of that movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, a cool... Um, I, can, I can see your thought process there, dude. It's fucked up. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's some complexity. Mm hmm Okay. Payo Dog King 82503 has this to say. Recently, Criterion announced that they're putting a 4K release of Pixar's Wally -E in the collection, with this being the first Pixar film ever to be put in the collection. With this release, do you think that this is Criterion opening up the collection for more modern and accessible films, and if so, what are some modern slash popcorn blockbuster movies that you feel deserve the Criterion treatment? Thanks for all the great content, love you guys. Uh, fucking Parasite was already in there, so to claim that this the Wally -E is the first modern and accessible film, I'm I'm not sure. Fucking Michael yeah, Bay, like, didn't they have like like The Rock and Armageddon at one point in the Criterion collection? <laughs> like this this isn't the first like popular movie that they've put in there so i don't yeah, know why people few. are i think the fact that it's like disney and animated and pixar is what's making yeah, some people over like a hundred million i mean i think wally made much more than any of the movies we're mentioning like yeah like mm. uh uncut gems or whatever maybe um yeah who i wonder what's just that one <laughs> you can just not buy that one if you don't <laughs> they're still they're still putting other movies in the collection yeah i'd yeah i'd understand caring if 
if they just stopped doing the old movies and only started doing like Marvel That'd be movies, weird. then maybe there'd be a problem on your hands. But, <laughs> yeah, if it's just Wally, like it's one of the most like beloved Pixar movies. Um, yeah, and just gets like more and more relevant as it's, the days go by. So yeah, it's yeah. not. It, it's a very critically well received movie. You know, regardless of what anybody thinks about mm-hmm. it, it's you know. It feel it, it doesn't feel out of place in the collection in terms of like critical response for sure. Mm-hmm. You can do ratatouille. I would love a ratatouille criterion. Ratatap tap. And then we could have ratatouille. And yeah, and then we could put the asylum movies in. Criterion. Oh my god! Yeah, the video brinkato collection. That, that'll be a day <laughs> <laughs> when they add asylum movies to the the criterion collection. That'll Why be not? a day. I would like to see Good Time in there. It seems like they have every other safety film. <laughs> yeah, Good you know? Time's like, what the fuck? great. Yeah. 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 I want a Hanky Chan collection. Uh, I don't know. Not sure. Crank. I want Crank and Crank 2 in the Criterion collection. I, I want a Crank 3 to exist. <laughs> That's well, yeah, my... we'll get to that. But first, we need the Criterions of the first two. Yeah. It's, it's time. You know what's funny is like they do have there. There's this weird distinction between like what is schlock and what is art because like a lo- they have a few John Waters films in the collection right now, and it's like well, some of those films, like yeah, they pushed boundaries, but they also just existed to gross people out, and that's all he cared <laughs> right. about to some extent. Was like <laughs> I'm making something disgusting, and when someone vomits yeah. in my theater, I'm gonna laugh, and like. <laughs> But it's just like, yeah, what sort of cultural impact did it have at, at the time? Yeah, that's how Crank is. <laughs> crank is pure art. <laughs> you know, it's weird how we categorize yeah. things in certain ways. Like, John Waters is like an auteur. It's like, okay, hey, in ways. I guess it's just expected with, like, Criterion's whole kind of brand image they've built over time. Like, they're just associated with the more, the lesser known kind of films, so... It was inevitable that people were going to go upset. The thing is, I, I think people are scared because it's Disney, and Disney is like this huge thing. But technically, there's already a lot of other Disney films in the Criterion Collection because Disney owns Fox. You know, Searchlight Pictures did like mm. the overwhelming majority of Wes Anderson's films. All of those are in the Criterion Collection except Isle of Dogs. So. <laughs> like Disney already has a bunch of films in the Criterion Collection yeah. they just didn't notice yeah I'd be more upset if it was like Wreck-It Ralph 2 getting yeah. the Criterion <laughs> <laughs> I'd be yeah. interested I there's think... been worse animated movies in the Criterion Collection there was that um, fuck what was it called it was like some weird Digimon ripoff from like 2009 and like it was made by some random Japanese like artist that decided to direct the movie and uh i forget what it was called this sounds crazy he made a, yeah it was a weird it was a weird one to put in the collection for sure it was like why somebody in the comments will know what i'm talking about yeah yeah this wally is not like the breaking point <laughs> it's just it's just people who don't notice other things now getting the most obvious form of it i guess y- yeah mm-hmm. yeah maybe they can put some spielberg movies in there or um even early M Night movies, like not not the happening. If they put Jaws in Criterion. That'd be dope. I would love to see a Jaws Criterion. Yeah, they could do that. Or like Sixth Sense oh. and, and um, what's the other one? M Night Collection. Bruce Willis. Unbreakable. 
Yeah, they could do that too. Unbreakable. Yeah, they could do those. Those are good movies. Even Signs is like kind of well received. <laughs> I mean, I would love a happening Criterion, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Last Airbender Criterion. An old Criterion. Yeah. Old Criterion. <laughs> Neil Breen Collection. Criterion. Yeah. I want a, I want a, a twisted That'd pair. That'd be groundbreaking. Um, yeah, Criterion. I'd feel happy for him. Yeah, who killed Captain Alex Criterion? That's the one. And I, I think want. it honestly deserves to be there. <laughs> I, I think Neil Breen honestly deserves his films in the collection. Yeah, give him one at least. Birdemic Criterion. No, I think they're making a Birdemic <laughs> three. It's it premiered at like yeah, I think South I by Southwest it, or Fantastic oh. Fest or something. So yeah, it already premiered. Yeah, once. the the poster, yeah, the poster's better than like every Marvel movie poster I've seen recently. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's a really good poster. <laughs> it's like actually trying. Like I saw something like this poster goes hard. I'm like, yeah, it's better than yeah. fucking half the posters I see. The floaty head, at least it's not a floaty head poster. That's like all <laughs> they do now. With like floaty 25 head. actors, you feel like, yeah, yeah, fucking 50 actors that are in the movie. Is John Favreau floaty head? Tom Holland floaty head? Mark Wahlberg floaty head? I like the Uncharted <laughs> one. Everyone's a floaty head. Ew. Yeah, it's just lazy. <laughs> okay, next question. Well, let's do this one from H G H Gallipore. I'm curious to know what you guys think about the VHS nostalgia. Like when people buy old TVs, VHS players, and VHS movies in an attempt to recreate the vibe of back in the day. Do you guys find any enjoyment in the VHS format? Uh. <laughs> um, no. It looks like shit. <laughs> Maybe like some nostalgia. Yeah, I think we, f we forget how like kind of truncated that shit like if you wanted to rewatch a movie you had to sit there and wait for it to like rewind the whole yeah tape. and before you brought annoying. it back to the video store you had to rewind it yeah like that was the only option for so long no wonder people wanted to go yeah, to the theater instead of like technical issues yeah yeah i do like how red letter media uses their vhs's in their videos it gives them a yeah. certain feel like whenever they watch a movie it's usually like shitty quality four by three <laughs> yeah but it gives them it's like what gives them a personality um their show i do like that about how they how they choose to watch well, that's the, yeah that's the whole gag isn't it they're like vhs repairmen in like 2020 it's like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah right the, the way they use it on best of the worst and so on. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's no other way to watch, like, some of those movies. They're only on VHS, yeah. like, RoboCheck or whatever. Like, it's just so fucking old. They're, like, B-movies. They're not... They're not going to re-release those. Yeah, things that no one cared to preserve. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes they do. Yeah. Like... Like the Miami <laughs> connection, like they did like remaster that. Sometimes they do. Or like Samurai Cop. Sometimes they do, like, go back and updated or yeah. get the film negative which is somewhere it's probably in the director's basement somewhere and they get it like yeah let's remaster it you can make a couple extra bucks <laughs> like good idea yeah i usually wait for that I, I, I don't have a vhs player i have no interest in getting one <laughs> it just looks like shit this stuff yeah i do get the appeal i've got one i you know, I have a little collection of some other VHS stuff. I'm probably going to sell most of it, though. I'm not really, like, using it. It's not like vinyl where it's like, oh, man, this is, like, the most yeah. high quality and physical oh, yeah. that you right. can get for, like... A, yeah, different. that's the difference. I was yeah, about to yeah. Make yeah. vinyl is better than... 
basically anything else. Like when I listen to things on vinyl, it sounds different. Yeah, VHS is the audio cassette tape of movies. It's actually crazy. Like how I when I listen to a vinyl, a song sounds like completely different. I hear so much more in it. There's just so much more quality in it than like yeah. listening on my AirPods. Like even now, we still haven't gotten there <laughs> in terms of that stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah VHS just looks like shit. A tape or a VHS. Yeah, exactly. Or a laser disc. I mean, I guess you could say that about, like, film, you know, obviously, like, if you project a film, that's probably the best way to get the quality out of it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I guess that that's, like, the equivalent. Vinyl's, like, the equivalent of, like, a film projector (laughs) is probably the best way you can watch something. You know, 4K Blu-rays look good, too. Mm -hmm. Very good. And, you know, they don't shoot things on film now. They could transfer it to film, but they don't really shoot on film that often. Um, I think that was... They did that for Dune. I guess I got like, I got a little bit of nostalgia for like, you know, when your like friend gives you a, a, gave you like a VHS tape and it had like random clips from like TV shows before the, the movie that was on that they recorded started or whatever. It was kind of funny to think about now, but like I would never, I would never want to use one nowadays. It's just so old. You can record over them, too. I'm more nostalgic for the things that came with the format rather than the format inherently. So I loved those, like, ads before, like, the movie, like, old shitty VHS ads. They're like, fucking (laughs) tell your parents that they should go to Disney World, you little shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I've forgotten about this. Yeah. A lot of those exist on YouTube. There's a lot of people trying to preserve those things and archive, Mm -hmm. so... Even just like television commercials, there's like entire channels of like 80s television commercials that were just like recorded because they they were recording The Simpsons or whatever. <laughs> like, uh-huh. oh, so yeah, they have yeah. all the commercials in between that they post and upload, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they have all the people would have shelves of like Simpsons episodes. Yeah, you're bringing back all these old memories that. now. Yeah, I recorded mm-hmm. all the Simpsons all the time. <laughs> yes. I had my timer on my VHS. <laughs> there was something about The yeah. Simpsons. I guess it's so rewatchable. You just want yeah. To be I think able. I recorded stuff as well. Yeah, stuff on TV. Yeah, we're so spoiled now. <laughs> I mean, we've always been. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I just mean specifically into like I can watch every episode of Family Guy and Simpsons with one subscription now. Man, it's it's ruining everything. Yeah, getting more and more spoiled <laughs> <laughs> in ways. Okay, let's end on this one. Um, I doubt any of us have seen it, but I'm still curious what you think. Um, em- Embarrassed Gur one three five one says this: Have you watched Netflix's Cyberpunk Edge Runners? If so, what are your thoughts? Would recommend. No, that's um, the that's the two D <laughs> thing. No. Yeah, it's kind of like an anime spinning off from Cyberpunk. I never actually played Cyberpunk, but the interesting part is that. Unlike what the Halo show like attempted to try and like get another audience in on the game, this seems to be popping off. People are like playing the game thanks to how oh, successful yeah. this anime. It's at its like is. highest. Oh wow! Like uh, user. Yeah, it's had like more concurrence than uh, Witcher Three, which is crazy. Yeah. Really? Considering yeah, like past a hundred k concurrence. Then, yeah, then the, then the all time for Witcher Three, it just passed Cyberpunk yeah. twenty seventy seven. Which is crazy because it's such a shit game. I'm going to reinstall it right now. Maybe they fixed it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I have 108 hours in it. I I don't remember remember anything about it. 
That's pretty funny. Yeah. I have a hundred hours and I don't remember anything about it. I remember it. Keanu was in it. He, I remember he was in it. I don't remember like anything he did or said. That's how they sold it. Yeah. Big Chungus. I never got. I didn't play it enough to get was to his him. name like Johnny Johnny Silverarm or Silverhand yeah. or some fucking shit. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll watch. Sure, yeah. I'll watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Maybe I'll do a watch along on my stream to it for a bit. But it's not on my list of huge priorities right now. I'll see it at some point. I like the idea that it would be yeah. animated. I guess, but I like two D. Yeah, I like this animated. I, I'm waiting for one of these to actually like appeal to me. <laughs> you know, like everyone was like raving about Arcane. I know people love it, but it wasn't really my sort of thing. How far did you was, watch like, a game tie-in? I watched like five episodes or something. Okay, because yeah, I watched one and I got bored. And apparently, episode three is where like you're supposed to like if you're gonna like it, you're gonna like it then. So if you watched five, then you give it a really yeah. Good I heard that too. Yeah, it was really because it really should be for me, but I just something about it, it was wasn't so slow. wasn't clicking. Um, and then yeah, you got the Halo show, which is like the IP I the best. care about, but it's just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> in show form my favorite show yeah new lord of the rings show yeah lord yeah. Of, yeah even as if they make it stuff. it's not like they're gonna do it right the uh <laughs> the teaser trailer for the last of us got released today i didn't i didn't tell you about it to watch oh, it before yeah. the podcast because it didn't really it it's oh, a yeah. teaser trailer it doesn't really show i've seen much some of anything, the teaser stuff for it it doesn't oh, look man. bad it is HBO. There's nothing about it that looks bad. So. At least it's not Paramount Plus. I've got more faith in HBO <laughs> than Paramount Plus. So, some weird casting. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if the new CEO of Warner Discovery said, we're axing The Last of Us for tax purposes, <laughs> like right before it comes out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they have more faith in that than yeah. Batgirl. There'll be a new Gen yeah. 6 riot if that happens. Batgirl is definitely bad. <laughs> you never it. know I mean it w- I was expecting it to be bad I'm but sure it was awesome I, I would bet money on it <laughs> they should release it anyway yeah yeah they should release it anyway. probably saved a couple careers there by not releasing it yeah Brendan Fraser <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know all right uh, that's it for questions and I guess I think it's my turn to recommend a movie um yeah. Correct. What have you got for Let's us? Let's see if you recommend because I, I have a thought I have a thing in mind that oh. I, don't, I don't want you to recommend it because I'm gonna rec- well let me hear what you gotta recommend. I'll okay. tell you if it's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's what you're thinking. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> so it is spooky month. So I'm gonna assume that you're gonna recommend something spooky also later. But uh yeah. I don't I don't even know if this is considered a horror film, but every time that there's a Reddit thread where people are like, what's the most disturbing movie or whatever? This one always gets mm. mentioned and it kind of looks really interesting. I usually don't trust those Reddit threads because they're usually full of fit- shit, but some of them are interesting. Yeah. This one seemed interesting. This is a uh, television film called Threads from 1984. I think it's British. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's BBC oh, yeah. uh, TV film uh, about like nuclear war or something. Like nuclear fallout, I think. Um, apparently, oh, it's I good. I think I watched this in school. Oh, you watched yeah. this? Okay, interesting. That'll be a cool perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never seen okay. it. And it won four BAFTAs. So we'll see what it's wow. like. Uh, Directed by uh, Mick Jackson. That's a funny name. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, I have no real expectations for it. I'm going in mostly blind. So if you would like to see threads before the next episode comes out, I mean, yeah, do that. <laughs> I don't know where that sentence is going. Uh, we're going to talk about it spoiler discussion. So if you don't want to be spoiled, watch it before the next episode comes out. These episodes come out every uh, two weeks. Uh, you can listen to them early by going to patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. It's only $2 a month. You'll hear these episodes early, quite early for some of them, because sometimes we record episodes early uh, just for scheduling purposes. Maybe. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we also got merch. Link in the description. And we also, there's a Sardonicast highlights channel that you should check out on YouTube. And I think that's it. There's... um. Yeah, there's other stuff that we'll probably talk about next episode anyway. But yeah, Threads, 19, literally 1984. Um, Whoa. Ooh, yeah. Scary. Scary. It's on my watch list, so uh-huh. that's good. Yeah. yeah, I will watch Threads directed by Mick Jackson while eating McNuggets at, from McDonald's. <laughs> and listening to Mick Jagger. Listening to Mick Jagger. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a... Happy Puss in Boots sure <laughs> change for listening everybody <laughs> happy, pus- ha- ha- happy Nosferatu everybody bye bye bye